bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of a judgment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. So, here's the deal. I got a show coming up, and we are waiting. He is en route. We have Police Chief Jeff Norman uh, coming in today, and so we will await his arrival. 833-212-1017 is the number. I do have a question for you, though, while I'm waiting. You ever do something and realize, like, what did I do with my, and then realize it's, like, right there in front of you? It's unfortunate. 833-212-1017 is the number. I do have a question. Can money buy you love? I mean, while we wait for the police chief to come, I just got a question. And I know it's my segment for Dr. Ken's Truth, but I I just got to. I just I just got to ask, can money buy you love? 833-212-1017 is the number. Here's here's why I ask. Everybody seems to intimate that money can't buy you love. That money can buy you things you love, but money can't buy you love. And to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have my ideas about it. But 
I don't know. Here's why. Money has been used for all sorts of bad things, right? The Christian Bible tells you the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. Not the love of money is the root of evil because that's not what it says, right? And so what what happens is we demonize it to the point where I've actually had people tell me that they don't agree with capitalism, that capitalism in America is a a failed project, a failed commitment, and it doesn't work. I think it works great. And I think one of the reasons why it works is because of capitalism. That in its purest form, in its regular form, making money can make you happy. To a point. I mean, it's money. It's something material. What's your degree of love? What's your degree of interest in money? But more importantly, what are you doing with it? Which leads me to my second point. What are you doing with your money that's causing you to not like it? Like, what are you doing with your money that's, that's stopping you from doing with what you're supposed to instead of buying stuff that you're not supposed to have, um, using it on things that you shouldn't do? I mean, that can have a negative effect. But the talking text line says, so long that money has value, yes. Well, what does that even mean? I mean, you're putting all these caveats in it, but in the end, money has value. It might be high. It might be low. You might need a lot of it. You might need a little of it. But bottom line, the fact that it's money, the fact that it's a fiat currency it has value. Now, it might be a penny, but it has value. It might be a dollar, a hundred, a million, but it has value. Talking Texas line says, in the words of Denzel Washington, money can't buy happiness, but it's a heck of a down payment, LOL. But what about those with money that does bad things? What about those that use money to buy drugs? to buy alcohol and misuse it, buy things that they don't need, don't pay their bills, and buy discretionary things, things that blow away in the wind, but yet you still have to pay for it. Then what? What if you use money, as some people do, to buy a man or a woman from another country? Pay for them to come here, marry them. Does that make you happy? We need to define what happiness is because we already know what money is. We need to find out exactly what happiness is and then put a price on it. 
And number three, the talking text line says capitalism works great for those who benefit from it. If you have a job and you're getting paid, you're benefiting from capitalism. Who does not benefit from capitalism when you're plugged into capitalism? Capitalism can't work for you unless you're in the system. Capitalism and money can't work for you unless you earn it, inherit it, and have it. Talking text line says capitalism works great for those whom benefit from it at its root. It's about exploitation. You can't buy love. Capitalism is not about exploitation. But it depends on how you're using the word. Those that have more money, quote unquote, exploit those who have less money to pay them to do jobs they can't do. That's a rough, really, 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 really narrow example, but for me, capitalism works. I go to work. People pay me for my voice, my brain, my writing, my speaking, and then I get paid. Talking text line says the poor don't benefit from capitalism. Yes, they do. Those that work pay taxes. Taxes help those that are poor. Those that are poor get a check. They get money. They get food based on the system we built called capitalism that we pay into. It's called FICA. You pay half. The company you work for pay half. And that money goes into Social Security benefits and all all sorts of things that pay for people who don't have what you have. The poor absolutely do benefit from capitalism because they don't work. What about the people who exploit capitalism by not working, being poor, get on welfare and decide they don't want to get off because they want it for free. But yet we talk about Creating a wage so that everybody that makes under a certain amount of money gets an extra check that puts them up to a certain point. Now, what do you think that's going to cause? It's going to cause inflation. When there's too much money in the market and fewer goods, economics 101 says inflation. And that's where we are now. They peddled too much money into the economy. And now we're sitting here. But if you're going to lose money, lose it. You can regain it. You can earn it. If you're going to make money, make it. But capitalism isn't one-sided. It doesn't know who's spending the money. It doesn't know how rich you are, how poor you are. The system has levers. Those with more money move the lever more than those that don't. I mean, I don't know, but I got to tell you this. Money may not buy love, but I'm going to tell you something. Kind of makes me happy. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. <sighs> the new 1017, The Truth, is a home of the Milwaukee Panthers basketball. Don't miss any of the hoop action by listening to Panthers basketball on 1017, The Truth, The Truth app, and all your favorite streaming platforms. We have Horizon League Conference Tournament basketball right here on The Truth. Tune in. Tomorrow night, as the Milwaukee Panthers host Wright State Raiders in the Horizon League quarterfinals live from the UWM Hachi Center. Coverage starts at 6.30 p.m., tip-off at 7. Y'all don't want to miss it. Y'all might want to be there. So, Talking Text Line says, uh, in my final, uh, in my prior conversation about capitalism and the poor and the love of money, Chris Jr. said, um, oh, stop. Anyway, um, 414719 says, no, the poor don't. You are speaking from a bourgeoisie standpoint. The poor have never benefited from their labor under capitalism. Really? How's that? What are you, a socialist or something? Because the fact that you use the word bourgeoisie means that you're probably a socialist. I mean, I'm just saying. The confession of a economic hitman by John Perkins explains much of what you need to know. No, it doesn't. I've read it and it doesn't. One person can't explain capitalism from their point of view and then say they explain everything. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I understand there are issues with labor under capitalism, but that's not the capitalist system. That's people taking advantage of people working in the system, just like they do in socialism and communism, where people at the top tell you what's important, what you should make, where you should get your clothes, your food and everything, supply everything to you, but they're the ones No, I'm not, but you assume a lot instead of asking. Why am I asking you? Like, who are you that I would ask you? I mean, I've taken my courses in economics, both macro and micro. I've read the studies. Keep up with The Economist. That's all I'm saying. Because I disagree, there's no need to denigrate. But I guess that's how you argue if you think you have your point of view and no one can differ or see something differently. Hmm. Interesting. I think I'm pretty well versed in in, uh, capitalism and communism and socialism. I've read all the greats. Looked at all the things, not all, but I believe a good number of things. And you're saying none of these systems work. So you tell me, and if anybody else has a comment or question before the chief of police gets here, 833-212-1017 is the number. And I mean, because you've read them and you know about it and all that, that's great. But what you're saying is if I read this, it'll tell me everything I need to know about capitalism when I already know what I need to know about capitalism. 
Nice assumption. But you're doing all the assuming. What am I assuming? Explain to me what I'm assuming. What assumptions did I make? Doctor shaking my head. That's cute. But what assumptions did I make? Great what? What assumptions have I made? Yeah, that's what I thought. <clears throat> no response. 833-212-1017 is the number. I guess when you disagree with people, you... Yeah. I think that's called an ad hominem attack. Well, you're assuming. You're this. You're that. Okay, well, then what am I assuming about? Tell me very specifically instead of just saying the opposite. No, who... No, who are to tell me otherwise? Eh. 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 833-212-1017 is the number. Please listen to yourself. You know, if you actually said something that, w- that actually made sense, I would. But since you're not, or being very specific, but okay. Anyway, 833-212-1017 is the number. Uh, if you're not listening, like, what drug are you on that? Anyway, okay. Slow down and listen. Ask other callers. Huh? So I've asked people to call the last, what, 10, 15 minutes, and you haven't. Or, okay. <laughs> I guess when people just think they're right and don't really give very clear comments or statements they're all general okay listen to yourself what does that even mean like what did i say to make you even write that strange anyway uh be sure to tune in to truth this saturday at 10 a.m for another episode of soft life chronicles presented by all of us milwaukee at the center for community engagement and health partnerships um no, I didn't. Oh, wait a minute. Talk a text line. You assumed he was a socialist. No, I said it sounded like he was a socialist. Sound like he was a socialist. He did sound like he was a socialist. It sounded socialist when he said it. That's all. Like I can actually say something sounds like something, but I'm not calling you a socialist. Any, just like I can say something that sounds stupid, but it doesn't make me stupid. To do something doesn't mean you are. Right? I can bark, but I'm not a dog. That's all I'm saying. And if I did assume he was a socialist, based on what he was saying, it sounded like he was a socialist, but that's okay. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not assuming. I'm, I'm saying comments sound socialist. They sound socialist. Doesn't mean you're a socialist. Anyway. Sickle cell disease can be devastating one uh, can be a let me start over. Be sure to (laughs) be sure to tune into the truth this Saturday at 10 a.m. Another episode of the Soft Life Chronicles presented by all of us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. Sickle cell disease can be a devastating one to live with and is most common in African-Americans. Denise Thomas and all of us will discuss what it's like to live with sickle cell here in America and what COVID DX is doing to impact the lives of sickle cell patients. Be sure to listen Saturday, 10 a.m. right here on the new 1017 The Truth, the soft 
Life Chronicles, right here on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. I assume, if you can't assume anything of you, only what you have communicated. Yeah, but I did that to you. <laughs> uh, very true. That That is true. 414-552. You assume anything of you, only what you have communicated. Right, yeah. So I can only work with what I'm reading. So if I'm reading something and it sounds like that, then that's how I process it. And it's not a big deal. I'm not going to like assume anything. I don't know. I don't know people personally. So I, I can just work with what I got. Give me some more information. If you get some more information, you can actually, you know, whatever. But yeah, I guess we're looking for perfection. And then if nobody's perfect, Hmm. Oh, it sounds like you like to be right. I love when people say that, right? So they say something, you have an explanation, and then they accuse you of having to be right. When clearly that's not what I said. Why can't we both be right? Why can't we both believe we're right and then we're okay? Like somebody has to top somebody or number one. Number two is my show. I get to say what I want and the way I want it and present it. If you have a counter call, don't don't type in a text environment where I can only read what it says. That's all. But that's what people say. They attack. You sound like you want to be right. Why wouldn't I talk with confidence? Should I talk like a punk? Should I talk like I'm a, you know, oh, well, you know, I might be right or I might be wrong or I might be like, what is that? Be confident in what you're saying. And if somebody says, hey, I have information. It came from here. Blah, 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 blah. This is what it is. I believe you're wrong. I can agree or disagree. And that's that. But it doesn't sound like, you know, you sound like you want to be right. I'm confident in what I'm saying. I'm sorry that some people. Not necessarily talking about you, but some people can't handle other people being confident. They only have arrogant or 100% passive. And I don't fall into either of those. Well, sometimes I'm arrogant. Let me, let me put that out there. But, but for the most part, don't you want to be confident in what you say and do? Don't you want to challenge people and have people challenge you? But don't think you can say something and not get pushed back. Just like the fact that you're pushing back. You get to push, but I don't. You get to say it, but I don't. That's kind of weird. That's kind of bizarre. No, that's not kind of bizarre. I may as well say it. That's stupid. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is uh, 
the number. Talk and text line. No, I made a statement. You accuse me of something I'm not. You can be confidently wrong at times. Huh? Are you human? All the humans I know make mistakes all the time. Of course they do. As do I. But then I sent him a message saying, you can stop being condescending. It'll pass. So, Anyway, nice conversation, though. In the studio with me today is the chief of police for the city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Jeffrey Norman. How are you today, sir? Good, sir. Thank you for having me on. That's the first time you called me sir today. I'm just letting y'all know because normally he don't be calling me <laughs> sir. <laughs> like, what you want? And hollering at me and stuff. I'm like, I don't work there anymore. Why are you calling uh, no, me? No, no. no, I'm just telling <laughs> So how was your Black History Month? Well, um, 2023 has been tough, but uh, February 2023 has been even tougher, especially in regards to, you know, dealing with a uh, fallen officer, uh, being put into a membership that no chief wanted to be in. Uh, I will say that, uh, you know, trying to work through a lot of uh, trauma and tragedy right now, but I can say that the uh, support and the love from my, only the members of the department, but also my family and friends is a blessing. And so... You've had like you had a year that I had when I was at District Six, which is why I left and had the most. Um, I think that like year we had more critical incidents in District Six than we had throughout the entire city. And I remember calling the academy and arguing with them. You know, you call post, be like, "Hey, we need some." Oh, it'll be fine. I'm like, "No, we we right. we need to shut down the shift. Have right. district two cover. Right. We need a debrief. Right. And then they actually called me back like two or three days later and apologized because right. they said they went back and checked and started naming off. You know, officer shot, officer involved shooting, death, shooting at the district, and it just ran through. And I said, I didn't notice it till somebody came in and they looked shell-shocked. I'm like, what's wrong with you? And they were like, well, you know, Luika's getting to me. And I started looking back and going, wow. We even called in the dispatchers. We called in everybody that was working that day mm-hmm. that took a call yep. and all the staff and debriefed. I can't imagine doing that with an entire department mm-hmm. with the trauma that's been going on, including the year I retired, right? It's, it's been ongoing and not stopping. Right. How do you contend with that? So one is being intentional, just like you were intentional in regards to making sure that the concerns and you're seeing something be addressed. Um, And also ask for help. Uh, Beyond asking for help, like you said, taking that shift offline or bringing in, you know, others who may be affected. You know, for those who work with Officer Jervin, uh, they were taken offline. Yeah. Allowed to um, support each other. Um, be able to receive services, having our wellness team uh, be intentional in regards to being there, debriefing, but also asking for other organizations like LEADER, Law Enforcement Death Response, Mm -hmm. members all across the state coming in to assist. Um, And then just from the services, we had, you know, our members stepping up from all different districts to take take the calls like you talked about. But also um, we're part of MACLIA, which is the, Market County Law Enforcement Executive Association, they helped. Suburban districts came in to help so that we can, you know, get a little bit of a breather. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, um, you know, we understand this is part of what we 
sworn off to to protect and serve, but still doesn't make it any easier, especially in regards to that you want to have officers in the right mindset uh, going out there serving. You don't want someone has their uh, head not right in the game. And so there was a, we even had a debriefing at the executive level. Yeah. We had wellness team came in and actually part of the leader support team come in and sit us all down, chief included. No one is uh, off limits when you talk about hurting, yeah. uh, dealing yeah. with trauma, and that yeah. uh, too often it's unfortunate people expect you to kind of stand tall. You know, it's kind of almost double talk where, you know, yes, let's <laughs> make sure we get the team well, but those who lead is like, what's wrong with you? You know, stand tall. You can't handle tears. You know, right. you need to stand and, you know, be almost inhuman. You know, and it's not trying to, you know, cry a river for me or cry a river for the team because, you know, the hours that were put in was almost to a part. It was almost inhuman. But <laughs> oh, yeah. Been there. You before. do what you got to do. You yeah, know? Working those literally 24 hour days. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. The day when I had uh, went on the mic, uh, I had 27 hours under me. Yeah. You know, but uh, you can't, you know, allow that to seep in into, you know, the public facing face you know right. so. i I, re, I remember seeing you on tv um and we've we've known each other for 20 what mm-hmm. five years mm-hmm. 30 years something oh yeah I, I remember seeing you and i i, I think i'm com- i think you're comfortable enough with me saying this i saw you when you broke mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and somebody said well why why is the chief you know he's the chief why is he crying I said, well, look at it like this. He could break here or he could break at home. Right. You think he going to have tears when he's at home? Right. That's going to break in a different way. Right. You talk about domestic violence. You right. talk about, you know, PTSD and all this, and it should be taken care of. Right. When it comes, one of the ways to get through it is when it comes, let it come. Right. So I'm comfortable enough in my uh, manhood, in my fatherhood. I'm never afraid or ashamed of my tears. Right. It's where I just don't want to get to the point where I'm a blubbering mess that now the tears overtake my, my speech right. or my, my ability thinking, yeah. to, you know, deliver. But, you know, too often we have, especially within the, you know, circles of men, you know, don't, don't show emotion. Or right. Don't act like you can be affected by things. And that keeping it in rather than bringing it out contributes to that trauma, right. contributes to that, you know, not having your mind right. So we need to be able to, share our emotions without shame and also support and not to bring it into a point of that is going to be, you know, to use to humiliate someone or to demean someone. Like I always say, I don't have any tolerance for those who have that level of disrespect or not being able to be, you know, again, human. So it's all good. All right. We're talking to Chief Jeffrey Norman, Milwaukee Police Department. When we come back, question is something's got to give what's going to give in the city? What's going to break before we can get this city back to the way it used to be? You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Questions, 833-212-1017. More of the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. I'm going to 
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number if you have a question for the chief. Talking text line says, hi, Ken. Uh-oh, must be somebody I know. Hmm. Can you ask Chief Norman the status of the investigation into police dragging the unresponsive man after shooting him? Is it appropriate to disturb the scene when a person and place no longer represents a danger? I can almost tell you the only way you know that is if it isn't a danger because many things happen suddenly. But he goes on to say, what was the purpose of moving him? Was the person shot in the back? We need police accountability whenever police kill someone, especially when the police killed because they fear for their lives. No disrespect intended. We deserve an answer. Your thoughts? Absolutely. The uh, public deserves to know what's going on. Um, And the processes that we do have in place uh, is something that's been established because the public wanted to make sure that this was taken care of in a way that could be objective and also uh, having an outside agency investigate. And so this is still active uh, in regards to the investigation. um, As was stated when we had put out our press release that day in regards to that, we also are aware of the social media posts, and also the uh, incident that is going to be, uh, again, investigated. But we all have a process, and the process right now is the criminal review before the administrative review because there's a hierarchy. Uh, so this is not going to be put to the side, but there's a process in regards to individuals who are involved have a um, right or they deserve to be interviewed and asked, what was your thoughts? What, this is what we saw, but what did you believe or what did you understand or what did you see? So um, definitely I get that there is a reporting out and we try to do it as best as we can. But, you know, the unfortunate thing is when you rush too fast then people want to do Monday night quarterback and saying, you missed this, you didn't do this. Why right. did you do this? As you try to cross the T's and dot the I's to be reassured that you have the right answers. Now you're taking too long. It's, it's a very fine line to walk as an organization because it's almost like, you know, and not to say anything disrespectful, but you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't. Right. You know, so right. um, I believe in being um, right as best as we can and that uh, we will have some answers, but at an appropriate time. All right. All right. And so, but something's got to give. Like what, what, what needs to give? Parents, students, teachers, cops, uh, politicians like what 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 needs to change in order to make this city the the way it was when you and I were on the job uh is there a letter that says all the above <laughs> yeah there's actually e <laughs> I, I i look at it from the standpoint we all got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired yeah uh but where are the compl- where's the complaining though like i don't hear anybody screaming from the rooftop not one politician not one organization nothing well, I guess it depends on what uh, areas you're looking at. I know from, and I can talk about from an anecdotal, you know, having conversations from residents, having conversations with elected officials. There is a combined frustration I'm hearing. But when you talk about from a public view, I think, you know, again, you know, when you listen to certain groups uh, or even like the mayor, he does talk about regards to being upset with all the violence and how we need to all be uh, involved. Or when you talk to, you know, a number of different um you know, like I said, residents, community groups, there is a uh, resounding um, uh, pushback in regards to saying that this is acceptable behavior. But there is still a, uh, I will say, we're not in a collective. Correct. One voice. Correct. Uh, a mold. Uh, and I talk that 
talk about that from just all points of all of us who have a hand in the benefit of this city. And so, because, and sometimes it's, you know, a difficulty of in one area of our city, you have issues about this. In another area, is the issues about this. And there is not a collectiveness of, okay, what are we all going to say? This is the most important thing to deal with and put all our collective efforts to that. And that is a challenge that, you know, I get it. We have to navigate all that and make sure that we balance it. But um, there is, I, I, I do see what you're coming from in regards to where are we all going to be one of what is this going to be the most important thing that we all can put our energy in and focus on. And, and I think that's the key word you said, energy. We put energy into what we allege the police did when they didn't or when they did, right? But we don't put the same energy into a dead five-year-old, a dead 12-year-old, 13, 15, and 16-year-old. Like, we we just kind of go through the motions. Like, okay, why aren't we marching about that? Why aren't, why aren't we marching to get parents to take care of their kids and make sure they're in school? We're not complaining about anything. I uh, sometimes wonder myself in regards to are we getting to a point where we are desensitized. I've said it many times in interviews and press conference. Please, public, don't get desensitized to our youth being taken from us. And when I say youth because we're, we're older, I'm talking about anyone 21 down, maybe even 25, because we're seeing the unfortunate effects of negligent handling of firearms. Right. You know, these kids who are in 19-year-olds are kids to me. 18-year-olds with handguns, they didn't go to a store and buy that, but they're using these tools in our community where there is, you know, pockets of energy and, 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 and pushback, but not collective. I mean, the level of um, anger and angst against us about the incident that we just talked about the question uh, was uh, you could cut it with a knife, and I get it. I understand that. But there also should be a collective anger when we see a five-year-old who got, got a hold of a unsecured weapon or, you know, someone who's out there who uh, is, is harming our community where our, our mothers and, and fathers are being harmed in regards to stray bullets and, you know, uh, those who are just going to work or taking their kids. I mean, there was a guy who was shot taking his kids to a birthday party right. because of a reckless driving situation. Where was the anger on that? Where was the social media blown up on that? That stuff disheartens me reading these particular reports. And we put it's just much energy in bringing people to justice for those incidents with or without, you know, any particular type of publicity because it's what we swear to do. But, yes, I would love to see that same level of accountability about those incidents just as well. Not taken away from we should not be held accountable because, obviously, by the swearing oath, by the, you know, um, powers that we hold in regards to taking people liberty away, having the ability to use deadly force, that comes with a high, I mean, you have to have that scrutiny there. But again, you know, there should be, a, again, that same level of energy, that same level of anger of seeing our young ones being, t- and, and it's, it, we just had another one, another team shot, Right. you know. No one should be cool with that. We shouldn't be happy with that. And I don't think people are happy with not saying anything is just as bad as not doing anything either. But do we really know why they're not saying anything? Do we really know why it's quiet? 
I think, you know, anecdotally, we we might assume that it's trauma, right? Or desensitization, but at, but at some point, like nobody, it's just reported and it passes. And you might get the quote from the mayor that says it's a tragedy. But where's the where's the energy, the anger, the changing when the Sherman Park riots hit? You saw Mayor Barrett, Alderman, Stamper, a couple others, mad. I mean, straight mad on telling people, stop, we're going to come out there, we're sending the police, we're doing all these things. Now, a, a five-year-old shoots himself and uh, okay, well, crickets. And I, I don't understand that. So, um, again, uh, I get a lot of feedback in different corners, but I don't see a collective feedback from uh, our main or just many different groups. Um, and I would love to see that. I would love to see somebody combining that effort together because I think it is important that I think there is a little bit almost like it, hmm, this is another one type of feeling. Right. And that's unacceptable. But, you know, I will say that, you know, especially, you know, I do see and talk with the mayor uh, quite frequently. I don't believe there is, you know, that, um, you know, I just – think it's run of the mill. I right, mean, the right. anger and the um, frustration, especially the many different press conferences that we shared and, and seeing the support for us in regards to getting the resources has that level of urgency. It's just that basically just trying to have a collective urgency from all groups interested, you know, now I'm talking about business community. I'm talking about in regards to our residents. I'm talking about in regards to, you know, um, our community groups, you know, it's everyone should be up in arms about this in a unified voice because it's way it's happening way too often. Oh yeah, and uh, and it's uh, disturbing each and every time. Yes, it is. Can you hang a little bit after five? <laughs> I got a little bit. All right, all right. The award-winning one hundred and one seven, the truth, proudly celebrates Black excellence and the most monumental moments. So you can go back and listen through all of our uh, the Truth app and all those fun places where we do podcasts and check out our monumental moments in black history. We celebrated black history month all of February and all the interviews, all the information is right there. So you can listen to one Oh one seven, the truth celebration of black history month. It was sponsored by UW credit union, Tayback law, Cardinal stretch and American family insurance. You're listening to the truth in the afternoon. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.